everybody. Welcome to the guest segment of the Common Sense Show. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to be with you. And we have a terrific guest today. We have Lisa Haven. And we're going to be talking about uh, an upcoming conference that we're both involved with with Steve Quayle. You're going to want to know about that. And we're also going to hit the highlighted events of the day, actually of the times. And we live in unprecedented times. Before we join Lisa, I just need to say a couple of things. One, if you got all your money in the bank, uh, shame on you, because that means you're not listening to us. If you listen to us in the alternative media, you'll know the banks are headed for absolute disaster. So what do you need to do? Well, you need to call the good people at Noble Gold. They can hook you up. If you got an IRA from a bank, from a business, from a financial house, and they go under, your history. But at Noble Gold, they can protect you. And I always say, I went from being an advertiser to a customer with Noble Gold for very good reasons. And I'm extremely satisfied. No pressure whatsoever. So you need to give them a call. And how do you get a hold of them? 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. Again, there's also a link, noblegoldinvestments.com. Quickly on this, you hear me beat this dead horse all the time. And I'm not going to stop saying it. Your time to get storable food is almost over. Whether we hyperinflate or the food supply chain breaks down completely and the Suez Canal fiasco sent that a long way down that road. Your time to get storable food if you're deficient is coming to a close. I just read a study that said less than 10% of Americans could survive six months. I hope that's not you. But if it is you, you need to get started. Restaurant quality food, 2,000 calories per day, tastes great, (laughs) every ingredient you want, and there's discounts available. Go to preparewithdave.com. And finally, our last sponsor, and I have a question for you along these lines. When the communications are taken away from us and we're on the road, this we're seeing that right now with big tech. But soon they're going to take away the websites. They're going to take away your cell phones. They're going to take away everything from Trump supporters and people of like mind. What are you going to do? Well, there's only one option left, and that is a satellite phone, a backup satellite phone. I got mine and I'm ready. And I'll tell you, you're in areas too where cell phone coverage doesn't hit it and you're a hiker or a camper, whatever, this is what you need. I'm going to give you a number to call. 855-980-5830. That's 855-980-5830. Tell them Dave Hodges sent you. And I'm going to tell you folks, peace of mind stuff. I have for each member of my family if we're separated in a crisis we can communicate because this communication cannot be monitored and it cannot be blocked one more time 855-980-5830 well lisa haven really needs no introduction she's been a guest on our show a popular guest many 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 times and everyone knows about the great work she does in the alt media which is really now the new major media why is why we're under attack we outdraw the major media we outreport them, and we certainly have more integrity than they do in leading the way among these people, like Steve Quayle, like Doug Hagman. Right there at the front is Lisa Haven, and we're going to talk about some critical issues of the day, and we're going to make a mention, too, of this conference coming up. And Lisa, welcome to the show. I'm really glad you could join us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate uh, being on the broadcast. Well, it's really our honor to have you on, because I know you're in high demand, and because you do such good work, but let's take a minute and talk about this great conference 
that uh, the Gen 6 people are putting on because we had really thought we had done our last conference. And then I was talking to Steve one day, Steve Quayle, and, and we just said, you know, he said to me, Dave, God's calling to my heart that we got to do something here because we're in really dangerous times. So they entitled this conference Extinction Protocols Globalists to Initiate Tribulations. And that conference, there's a sign-up period right now with a discount, June 11th through the 12th this summer. This is uh, going to be a, a great conference. I know you're in it. Catherine Austin Fitz, Gary Haven, Dr. Sherry Tampenny, uh, Steve, Mike Adams, and of course, you. <laughs> um, so t tell, the, tell the audience what your topic is going to be on. Yeah, um, at the conference, I, the reason I, I really encourage people to go to the conferences is, um, you know, for our channels and stuff, there's not always uh, a full-fledged information that we can share and put out to the public, and it's good to see everybody come together and talk about a similar topic from different perspectives. But uh, at the conference, I'm going to be talking about how uh, Christians and conservatives have gone uh, have been labeled from the very get-go we were labeled deplorables you know via the trump movement and 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 trump's trump supporters are labeled deplorables as well as christians yeah. and then it changed to racist then it went from racist to white supremacist then from white supremacist to actual terrorist and to eventually in the future that that could lead to destruction execution things that we saw in history's past so it's a timeline if you will of uh, kind of some of the start of where we are, where we currently are at as a country and where we're headed in the very near future. And um, I'm really going to dive in, you know, how the CIA, the deep state, they control the media here in the U.S., them and the Democratic Party. Uh, but that was just one stepping block in the direction to basically seizing control of our country. And that includes the segregation and uh, persecution uh, of Christians. Um, but I tell you everything from Lenin, Stalin, Hitler, and, and some of the things they did, uh, show it to, to what's going on today, and then even get in how uh, Christians and conservatives have been labeled Nazis. I get into the actual government documents, uh, and there's quite a few. Uh, there's at least four or five that have come out just this year alone, specifically ta attacking and going after conservative Christianity under the name of, as you're well aware, Dave, white supremacy. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm really going to dive into the facts of it all and, and just reveal it that way to the people. So check it out. Um, encourage everybody to do that as well. You know, it's funny. My wife and I were talking about a publication that labeled me the white supremacist Dave Hodges. And I'm not even sure where they got that because I've always championed for the underdog. And if it's a civil rights issue, so be it. And then my wife looked at me across the table and she said, honey, one of your jobs has been being a college basketball coach and 80% of your players were non-white. And I said, I know, I know. Said, we still have these relationships. Yeah, I know, honey. And she said, and when we had our celebration last summer, we had a big party. She said, who are your two best friends? And I'm not going to get into the details, but they weren't white. And I know that in your family, um, you have mixed race. Um, and yet you're labeled that way too. This is so ridiculous. This is so divisive. But Lisa, I'm heartened by the fact that um, when I engage in conversations with people who don't share my skin color, um, they see the ridiculousness of this too. The vast majority of people 
and, and, and usually they're older people. They're closer to my age, and I worry about the young and the attitudes that are being formed. But older people, um, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, they, they don't see it this way. They, they see it as divide and conquer nonsense. Are you finding that too? In some cases, I, I will tell you a story of um, a good friend of mine, and we had been friends for years. The gal, uh, she's obviously not white, but she and her and I were really good friends. She was um, um, a black lady, but I love her to death, and I have forever. And she was at my wedding, been to all my events and parties, and then everything started coming out with all this social justice warrior, white supremacy, race on race, this democratic leaning. And um, we had a conversation one day and she was, you know, America with a KK in it, you know, <laughs> and, and just gone far left because of, I, I think because of all the, um, you know, the spouting by the mainstream media, she just kind of went in that direction full force. And I had a whole conversation with her one day and she labeled me white privilege. And I'm like, okay, now, now I'm done. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I've lost friends over it is what I will say. And I yeah. explained to her very clearly. I said, look, how am I white privilege? I said, I've had, uh, I, I've said I've been harassed by police officers. I've actually had police brutality. I had my head, head slammed in both sides of a police car while he's flipping Yui's on the road, uh, knowing that I don't have anything to protect myself. And he did this on purpose. And I, and I had been, and I was 19 at the time. I actually didn't commit a crime. Uh, I had called them, uh, for the, for my ex-boyfriend at the time that I was with, you know, um, like a DV kind of thing, but I had done nothing wrong. I, I hadn't been convicted of a crime. And this is what the police officer did to me. I said, well, that, did that did that kind of police brutality, does that only happen to one race? No, it happened to me when I was 19 years old. And um, and I said, on top of that, I said, where was my privilege when I'm young? I said, my, my parents are still dirt poor. They live in a single wide trailer. And this is what I grew up in, you know, as a child. I said, is, is you know, I grew up, in a, in, a, in a very bad neighborhood. There were meth labs down the street. I had a, a, a single wide trailer in our, and, and we had to literally survive out of the food banks. Um, my parents would go maybe once a month or something to get food there to, to keep our, our mouths fed. And so don't tell me that yeah. I don't know what it's like and tell me how I have privilege. I've had um, kids for a while. Um, I've been denied, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this instead. Uh, I have been denied like scholarships, um, because I'm not a minority and it didn't matter how poor I was because I, my parents couldn't afford anything. They didn't, they weren't able to pay my way into anything. So I had to do it all myself. And so I had expressed all this to my friend at the time. And, um, she's just like, well, you don't know what it's like to be me, to be a black woman. And I'm thinking, okay, I, so in other words, I can't express my, what happened to me because it doesn't fall in line with your agenda. And unfortunately, I have lost. Uh, now I think it's it's been two separate friends, um, and one of them was a friend of mine for over 20 years. Uh, it's just gotten like crazy, and I know other people who have, but there are people who are also standing on our side, like you said, against this nonsense, and they see that it's bringing division and divide. And I've even tried to tell that to my friends that I've lost, but to no avail. Um, unfortunately, they've just gone off the deep end. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And you can't win. I'll give you an example, too. Um, I've criticized immigration policies of various presidents, particularly the current one, for being not good for America because it's not done orderly, systematically, 
and we're not screening for the small percentage of people who could be really dangerous to our people and uh, say oh 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 you're a racist you're a racist well the other day I put out a piece based on the border conditions and how we're treating human beings I don't care what country they're from they're children of God they deserve to be treated with respect dignity and safety and oh now you're a bleeding heart liberal you can't win you cannot win in this arena. No matter where you stand, they're coming after you. Um, and, and it's interesting too when when you talk about your friends that you've lost. It sounds to me like they've been indoctrinated with the mainstream media message and they're living in the past where there was real racism that was blatant and institutionalized. Now we have individual racists. There's no denying that. But we have all the laws in the country. We need to correct it. We don't need all this wokeness because, you know, if you deny at the the college that I was coaching basketball at, we got a new president and she was black and she came in. She was going to originally rent a townhome before she built her house. And then they said, well, that's no longer available. And then she found out they rented it later and they didn't want a black person there. So she pursued action. She went through the Office of Civil Rights and so forth, which she should have done, and she kicked their butt. There are laws to protect people. The system is institutionalized now against racism. I just don't see the need for all this wokeness. No, and you're absolutely right. The the truth of the matter is, like you said, we very clearly already have the laws in place. Uh, The second point I think that needs to be made is racism is going to exist forever there's there's no way to weed it out of every person on the planet the good news is is it's there's not very many of them uh maybe a handful in in the entire country true actual racism and for the past 20 years you know way even before that um we've had you know uh, black presidents of the United States. We have, you know, people in, in, in the music industry, I mean, of all races, colors, and creeds. And I, I have never had an issue with any of it until they started making issues of it in every news source. Then suddenly, now racism has become in the very air that you breathe. Uh, and that's the way that they're really portraying it. When it never was before, all of us were getting along just fine prior to all this woke and cancel culture and and critical race training that they had to do. And I I don't know one racist person in my entire life. Uh, I've never ran into one. You've probably never ran into into one. And if you do, it's few and far between. Uh, Not not in the arenas I've been in. When you're in education and you're in coaching, you really can't survive in those arenas if those are the views that you harbor. You won't last very long. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So there's not a whole bunch of of racist people like they're like they're making this out so then the definition becomes what exactly are they claiming a racist to be today and by their own definition a racist would basically be a white person who is privileged and doesn't realize that they've had privilege for years on end privilege in society privilege in jobs privilege in and and it's like okay that's not what racism is it's actually the opposite of racism when you're labeling a color as having uh, uh, unique credentials, if you will, because that's what racism is about. Calling a color out for one thing. And so they're the racist who are actually labeling us as such. You know, it's kind of funny. My my dad came from a very poor family out of the depression. And then um, he worked his way up through the ranks, uh, was in World War II in Korea. And uh, 
worked his way up um, in the intelligence community. And then he made an okay living, was never wealthy. And my first job was uh, as a teacher, um, and this was 1979. And uh, I was the head coach for three sports. I taught five subjects in a high school, and I made the grand total of $10,600, and I'm privileged. Because where I am today is not there. You know, I'm certainly not Rockefeller, but I'm a lot better off than I was in 1979. But Lisa, like you, and like anybody, regardless of their background, we've earned what we got. And we didn't, and I did it on helping people. Someone said, yeah, you got to where you are because you earned it on the backs of people who aren't white. And I says, well, wait a minute. I said, my job was to help all people. All people. So th th this whole wokeness thing. I stopped watching the NBA over it. Oh, um, I, I don't watch them either. Because I and, and listen, I'm a basketball guy, but I stopped watching the NBA because I got tired of being told I'm the problem with society because I'm white. Well, I, I can't change my skin color. I don't need to change my attitude, but I sure recognize BS when I hear it. Yeah, and they want to, and, and the sad part is they, they want us to act like we've gotten everything given to us, handed to <clears> us because of our color, and it's just not true. It's absolutely 100% not true, and I'll put it into perspective. Uh, we have, we, we don't have <laughs> it's white scholarships. You know, we have minority scholarships. We have um, people getting accepted now to jobs based off of the color of one's skin, not based off of the merit of the person, like Martin Luther King talks mm -hmm, about, right? I know. My dad has, um, my dad's still broke poor. He, he can't do much work because he's, he's somewhat disabled, but he's recently tried to get a couple of jobs and he's been turned down because he's a white male. That's what they told him. We don't have room for white males right now. That's illegal. Yeah, and that's what they told him on two separate jobs. And I'm like, this is insane because my parents are poor. I mean, I, 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 it took a lot to get to where I am today, but I did that. I, I wasn't privileged to get here. Uh, and, and my parents, they're, unfortunately, my dad's still disabled, you know, so, you know, they've got, um, uh, they're, they're very poor. But to say that to a poor guy, I mean, good grief. Uh, but this, I think, and, and I know other Americans are experiencing exactly what you and I are talking about, and that's why my heart goes out. Uh, when I grew up, I actually grew up um, in a town that was more Hispanic um, and had less whites, so I was somewhat of a minority. So I know, you know, how it can feel to live in it, to feel as, as a minority. You know, I remember thinking growing up, oh, of course, um, you're not going to have anybody else other than Hispanics win everything because they have the majority vote rule. <laughs> you know? These are things you that flash through your head when you're, when you're, you're a, a minority in an area, and I got to experience that. But in no way, shape, or form did I think they were more privileged than I. We were always on equal footing. We were always on the same ground. Uh, and that's why in today's society they're really twisting it because they had to come up with a bad guy in order to push their scheme of racism, xenophobic uh, stuff, in order to get their policies enacted and literally destroy the United States of America. Because the end game here is to divide and conquer. We know uh, under Lenin, Lenin used uh, you know, rich class versus poor class to destroy society. They tried that here in the US and it didn't pan out. Uh, we also know in Yugoslavia, they used religion. 
uh, one religion against another, and the and the media constantly fed it, uh, and that destroyed Yugoslavia and here and, and many other countries. And then here in the United States of America, as you and I have both talked about, they're using this race war, this race war created by the mainstream media. It didn't exist prior to that to any level to any level that they're trying to make it out. And, and their entire goal is to divide and conquer. So instead of um, reporting news stories based off of facts, based off of what's going on, they report every news story from the lens of, of, of a political agenda to pass. How can we twist this story to race bait the world? And that's what we're faced with. It's very well we're said. Faced with that's a society. No, that's very, very, very well said. Um, but see, it's not just race, too. Uh, but let me say something about race. I have a theory about this, and, and uh, you know, it's speculative, so you really can't quantify it. But if you look at how you take down a culture, and this is what we're going under right now. I believe we're in a Maoist cultural revolution. And to do that, you have to take down the power structure. And historically, more white people have occupied positions of power in this country than not. So that makes sense to me that Chinese-backed policies, and that you don't make no mistake about it, you know this as well as I do, China's behind a lot of this stuff. They're behind Antifa. They arm them. They are behind the cartels. They arm them. And so the Chinese are engaged in a Maoist cultural revolution on race, but they're also doing it on gender. Have you heard about what's going on at Cigna Healthcare? I have not. Okay, it is now a violation of company policy if you use the term brown bag lunch. Yeah. Hispanics will be offended. Well, I've got an Hispanic friend, he called me the other day and I was in the car, and he says, don't ask me for a brown bag lunch, Hodges, I'll call you a racist. And see, they're taking it as a joke, the intelligent people. You just worry about the people who believe everything they see in the media. And then the other thing they're doing at Cigna, and this is to me the greater crime, and now we get into gender issues, um, you cannot talk about your, quote, husband, quote, wife, quote, son, quote, daughter. You can't say his and her. You have to say we and they and them. This is official Cigna healthcare policy. Wow. Wow. It's a policy that unfortunately Nancy Pelosi herself tried to implement there or did implement, you know, as far as uh, from the congressional or house floor there, you know, she did the same thing. She said, you can't refer to certain pronouns. I don't know if you remember that, yeah. but then if you went to her profile, she had on their mother and daughter and I'm like, okay, hypocrite, you know, like, but this is, this is the unfortunate way in which, um, a lot of businesses are going more of the liberal oriented businesses, but it's all a part of agenda, um, to, like you said, destabilize and not just destabilize, but to dumb down the culture. Like there's there's really and to immoralize the culture, dumb down, immoralize the culture, because um, <laughs> what what did they call it uh, in George Orwell's 1984 book, Double Speak? Is that what it was yeah, called? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Double Speak. That's what they're doing in America. They are making us so illiterate 
if you will, that we can't even understand uh, what a male is and what a female is. They are convoluting the very dictionary where we can't call a brown bag brown if it's brown, or we can't call it Black Friday because it has the word black in it, or we can't drink white milk or whatever, you know? I mean, who knows where they're gonna take it in the future, but this is the kind of society that no one, no one cannot be offended by. So every day you walk into society there is going to be some color or some item or something that you said with some color that some leftist cancel culture person will use against you. And it never ends. There is no end. And that's the thing about critical race theory. Uh, I read the definition on it and exactly what it meant. And, and what it really boils down to is there's never a fix for it. There's racism 24-7. It exists in the very air we breathe. And I'm not even kidding. This is what they're showing. This is what they're teaching. And if that's the case, there's never a point where you read the, reach the climax and its end. It's always evolving. So they can always make a new rule, a new regulation um, that just does nothing but divide our country. And let me tell you, speaking on the division, uh, this really opens us up uh, to other countries. Like, like we have our military, military being feminized, our military being dumbed down. Uh, you know, talk about, uh, what was it, Biden... Um, who was talking about maternity, maternity outfits for the military. And I'm thinking somebody who's pregnant shouldn't be fighting at a war, you know? <laughs> like, but this is the idea that we're giving to international countries like China and Russia and Iran. And so, so and I obviously also think that a lot of this uh, critical race theory and all of this stuff, like you mentioned a moment ago, is being pushed by China to break down our country and to break down our military and 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 it's working i would say it is when you have people coming out and saying for what happened 300 years ago and ended 165 plus years ago we need to pay reparations for it we know it was a despicable practice but <laughs> my dad's side of the family wasn't even here so, I mean, it's, where does it end? You know, the idea of reparations, I, I heard this guy, and, and I won't watch C, uh, um, ESPN now, because this guy came out, and, and he was saying, um, and he was white, and of course he was uh, going along to get along, and he simply said, yeah, we all, white people, need to be paying reparations. Reparations, huh? For a crime you did not commit. So if your grandfather murdered someone, should you go to prison too? And then, you know, you look at the ridiculousness of it here. And, and actually, I had a person who was black said this to me. He says, Dave, I'm married to a white woman. You know that. He said, "Does do my children get reparations? Or do they only get 50% of them? And he was being sarcastic. This is how ridiculous this wokeness is. And see, because it's so illogical, it shows me that's not the objective. The objective, as we said early on in this discussion, is to divide and conquer. And the thing I'd say to people is this. When that Chinese tank is coming down your street, do you think they're going to give a damn whether you're an atheist, a Christian, a Trump supporter, you're Asian, you're white, you're black, you're Jewish? Do you think they care? They're coming to kill all of us. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's why I say it's, it's, an, it's an agenda, obviously a Chinese agenda, because they're using the radical left for their means. That's why Antifa and BLM get away with anything and everything, because they are Marxist at the very core. Um, and uh, that is what they're doing. And here's the other thing I want to mention about the race is, uh, um, since you mentioned your friend, um, most of them don't want to be seen as a weak victim and that's really what True. the mainstream media and society is painting minorities as and if i were a minority i would be freaking like offended that the mainstream media is putting out this idea that we need help we need reparations we need money we can't take care of ourselves we can't fill out our passports uh we, you know we can't go vote at the voter box because we don't know how to fill out a ballot i mean these are things that are being said by our officials and to sit there and say that minorities need all of this extra is it's it's very insulting uh and the other day um i took everything in me not to say anything but i i was in a, a clothing store in the mall and i was walking in the mall and and there just happened to be the store was full of white people at the time and um in walks in this black couple and the lady walks in, walks up to the black couple and offers them bottles of water. I thought, oh, okay. They didn't offer me one. And I looked at everybody else in the store. Nobody else had a bottled water, but she offers this black couple water. Then I, I'm, I'm like, okay, maybe it was just a fluke. So I watched people coming in and more white people came in and none of the white people got offered water. It was just the one black person. And I got to thinking, this is the mentality of the liberal left um, why aren't we all equal? Why wasn't I given water? Why was it only them? I don't know whether to be offended or not be offended or be offended for the black people or not. It's, it's just like this virtue signal, signaling gone haywire really in our faces. And I, and I, had, to, I, I had to hold my tongue because the girl was a teenage girl. I didn't you know, want to make <laughs> waves with a teenager who was working there. But I was just like, this is the insanity level that, that, that it's gone to. Has that has that anything like that ever happened to you? Um, no, in mind only. You know, when when I look at um, um, what's happening when you talk about these preferential programs, um, you know, a lot of people of color have complained that I'm capable. I don't need this. It's an insult to imply that I need this. Um, financial help is one thing. Um, you know, scholarships based on need is one thing. Um, scholarships simply based on color or other demographics is something entirely different. And it's just like we're trying to, we're just, like I said, we're doing things that intentionally piss other people off. And that's the whole objective here. Um, you know, but another thing, I'm, like I said, I alluded to this with Cigna, but I'm really concerned with the gender issues here um, there's an app that's coming out in, in the UK and they're going to try to make it a law that you can't date someone unless you show that you're COVID immune through this app this is where? you said it went? in the UK they're actually having discussions the app is already done and it's in private use um, the UK is talking about making this mandatory before you can date someone Wow. They haven't implemented it yet, but I'm just saying the fact that we're even having this discussion 
is ludicrous. It is. It it really is. And and I think um, it it just goes into what China's already doing. And I think China's the testing ground. Their people are the testing ground for every everything they want to implement on a national scale. Um, so you bring up this sort of quote unquote. I'm going to call it social scoring in the U UK because that's kind of what it is, right? Um, or a kickoff to it. And and that's what's coming to the U.S. And that's already in China where you can't. Uh, go on certain dating apps or get certain women or send your children to school based off of a social score. So I think that's just a form that they're trying to roll out on a global scale. And here in the United States of America, I don't know if you've done any reports on, on the ESG score, uh, but this thing is absolutely terrifying. Now, uh, for those who, who may not know what an ESG score, it's an environmental, social, and government score that they give to businesses. And they judge them based off of how much of a social justice warrior they are, how many minorities they hire in their businesses, and how green and, and, and they are. Uh, do they have the right kind of coal? And let me just, or, or, or the right kind of electricity, you know, are they more uh, solar or do they go, you know, more wind or whatever, or do they go fill in the blank? So it's this entire, are they government compliant? Are, are they, you know, all of that. And this is a score given to businesses in America. And um, also, uh, it's, it's kind of like how liberal are you score? And that's what it is. How how much of a liberal? And and if you own a gun store, say you're you're a gun store owner, your ESG score is near zero. It's very very <laughs> low. I'm right? sure. Yeah. So that's the kind of things that they're doing. So those organizations like gun shops that they don't like have a failing grade, right? So would other things, Patriot shops, food food storage supply stores. These kind of things get a low grade on purpose. Now, what happened recently? is, um, and, and I saw this on, on Glenn Beck, he's the one that originally pointed out, but the ESG score was now being applied to investors, people who were investing in companies. Uh, this this guy, the, the story that Glenn Beck shows and, and proves with evidence and facts is that he logs, his friend logged in on his, um, you know, to check out his stocks and all of that. And basically, if you're an investor and you want to put stock in a company or you have a 401k uh, and you, you put stock in a company or whatever, right, then now he was assigned an ESG score based off of who he decided to buy the stocks from, right, who he decided to invest in, and he was given a score. So I'm like, oh, that's, now they're scoring us. Now they're scoring people who just want to go and invest their 401ks and giving us an ESG score. And that's right here in the U.S. That's already been going on. I have a source inside the NSA who's racing to retirement. Um, otherwise, he wouldn't be there. But he, we talked privately. And, of course, we did the cell phone ditch, and that's never a guarantee anyway. But uh, he didn't want to be discovered. And when he told me, he asked me, he says, Dave, you have a, a background as a mental health therapist. I said, yes. He said, do you know what the MMPI is? And I said, yeah, it's a 16 scale measure of different elements of your personality to determine mental illness or the degree of mental illness. And he goes, yes. And I said, it also determines personality. He said, we have a, a very similar instrument, only we're measuring compliance. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, if you go on to Facebook and someone puts something in there about anti-Biden and you give a thumbs up 
or you do it on YouTube. He said, that's a check against you. That affects your score. He said, the next phase is to do what the Chinese are doing. If you step outside the crosswalk, yeah, you'll probably never get a ticket, but you'll get a negative score. And I said, where's this leading? And he said, well, we've never been told formally. He said, but where this is clearly leading is hyper Chinese social credit score, but it's based on a lot more than what the Chinese use. And he says, I think it's going to be used for the re-education camps. And he quoted my one of my articles where I took AOC, um, Kamala Harris, Pelosi, and their comments about we can never let Trump rise, people rise again. We need to deprogram and re-educate. And I made the comment uh, when they said, like, enemies within, I said, this is Nazi pre-genocidal talk. And I wrote an article about it. And he actually referenced that article in our discussion. And he said, this is what I think they're going to do. They're going to create conditions for the need to put people in camps. And these scores are going to be used to who re -edu gets re-educated and who gets terminated. And this is from wow. inside the NSA. So we have the same thing in the private sector. And I first heard about this, not from him, but somebody else who told me they had a source in the NSA who told them the same thing. And this was 2008, so 13 years ago. So I don't think this is anything new. This is coming. And if you look at the legislation, um, when you look at ESF, medical martial law, they can incarcerate you. And the sponsors of these actions aren't even medical people. They're all the government institutions like the State Department, DHS, the Pentagon. And, and there's, no, there's no medical. And then, of course, there's FM 39.4, which is the outlining document, the parent document for FEMA camps. So, and sorry to go on like this, but I wanted to reinforce what you're saying. This is here, and it's in spades, and people are being tagged, and I think soon they're going to be bagged. Yeah, and, and I don't doubt that that's a direction that we're headed. I mean, it's, it's part of a biblical principle also. You'll be dragged up to the uh, prisons and jails and synagogues for his namesake. That's Luke 21, 12. Right. Uh, and we're seeing some of that. And and the sad truth is, I have to tell you, I've had lots of um, people in, in our realm already being denied services. Probably uh, Chase Bank was one of the biggest. It, it, it den denied a good 10 conservatives uh, the ability to even open a bank account. They were closing their bank accounts based off of the fact that they were merely a conservative. Uh, we know all the things that President Trump was blacklisted from. Insurances, uh, insurance agencies have now blocked conservatives for posts that they made on social media. Uh, we also have organizations like Uber, Uber Eats, um, PayPal, uh, Spotify, you know, uh, GoFundMe, who are all kicking conservatives off their platform. Uh, you want to know what was one of the first thing that that happened in Nazi Germany? Well, Jews started getting kicked out of places, and we're being kicked out of places now, uh, you know, as conservatives and Christians. So, there's there's another. Um, it, we're definitely headed in a, in a very terrifying direction, I'm going to put it that way. Well, I'll add one more thing that we've got digital book burning going on with all the big tech censorship. Um, absolutely. I mean, Google AdSense, if they don't like something on your website, we're going to terminate our relationship with you if you don't take this article down. And, and that's digital book burning. And it's the same thing the Nazis did. And now we're moving to COVID passports which is a form of Nazi checkpoints, papers, please. It's crazy. 
I'm terrified about that. I put out a report and I'm like, you know, I'm not one who has ever gotten vaccines. Uh, I, I take the libertarian stance. If you want to get it, get it. If you don't, don't like, don't force me to put something in my body. And quite frankly, you know, if you're under 60, <laughs> there's really not a point to sit there and take it for a virus that has a 99.9 survival rate if you're under 60, you know? And so it's just, it's not really gonna pan out. And it's an experimental mRNA vaccine that talks to your DNA. I mean, really? <laughs> like, I mean, I don't wanna put anything like that in my body. Uh, and obviously there's there there's a lot of lines that are that are being crossed here and 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 the Biden administration is now talking about putting this thing out there but he's saying it in a way of we're just going to have it available for businesses if they want to use it quote unquote but then what happens is all those businesses are forced by our congressional leaders uh, by people from the top they start forcing them if you don't implement this then we're gonna take away that that write-off or we're going to take away that that tax credit we give you or we're going to take away this funding you know because the government funds it and does stuff like that and that's what they've always done so they're going to harass and threaten airlines and businesses to do this and i don't know what i'm going to do uh coming into this future because we're going to be there's going to be a segregation in society and i think we're absolutely going to see that i i didn't think we would see the day but i do i uh, i mean not this soon, but we're going to see it. We're going to see complete parallel societies where uh, if you and I don't get the vaccine, we can't fly in an airplane. Uh, we can't uh, do certain transportations. We can't send our kids to school. And it's already here. It's already here. And, and I fear that they'll even take away their religious exemptions uh, that they currently have. Well, the, here, here's the, the big thing that bothers me. And I had this conversation with the doctor and it went like this are you getting the vaccine, Dave? And I said, no. And I said, you have to understand my background. Yeah, I taught at a university. I taught research. We use medical modeling in our curriculum because it's easy to understand. And I know the protocols. And I said, with the vaccine, there were no animal testing. We're the animals. And I said, that's number one reason why. I said, the second reason why is there's no published contraindications. And he knew exactly what I meant. He said, well, maybe there aren't any. I said, well, congratulations, because that'll make that the first medical treatment in the history of medicine not to have a side effect for somebody. And and to me, if they're not going to be forthcoming with these standard elements that are associated with all medical research and medical development, then they don't haven't earned my trust and I won't take it. I don't care what they do. They'll have to actually have to hold me down and inject me because I will not take it. And I don't care yeah. what the social cost is. Yeah, I won't. I won't be taking it either. I'm just preparing for <laughs> being kicked out of society in uh, many shapes and form. And I think I think we just have to prepare for that, you know. And um, as unfortunate that it, as that is. So now, if you're uh, against the vaccine because you worry about your health or whatever, or you you have a religious belief, you've now been segregated from society. And so we're going to get this double segregation, being a conservative Christian, Trump supporter, uh, and and someone who is against those vaccines. But we'll be disgraced, we'll be name-called, we'll be uh, labeled as conspiracy theorists and radicals. That's definitely the direction uh, that they're headed. I, I actually saw a post today, and um, I, I kind of uh, scrolled upon it um, 
by not by accident, but I was looking through other things and and came across uh, this particular report, and it chilled me to the bone. But here I'm going to read the the headline on the article so you can see how bad it is. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up here. The Gateway Pundit. There it is. Nope, it's not Gateway. Okay. Um, oh, geez. Oh, here it is. Okay. It is foreignpolicy.com. This is the article, and it was published on March 23rd. But here's the headline. The U.S. needs de-radicalization for Christian extremists. That's the headline. And basically what they're calling for is programs designed to reform, say, violent jihadists. They basically want to use those kind of style of um, programs to to Christians and Christians extremists. And, and, the, and the definition has to be asked, well, what is a Christian extremist? Well, according to um, the right-wing extremist document, we know that as uh, anyone who is uh, against abortion, anyone who believes in the New World Order, or anyone who believes in end-time Bible prophecy. So if that's your definition of a Christian extremist, is that who they're preparing these quote-unquote programs for <laughs> but to just have articles like that I, it was just chilling and, and disturbing on so many levels what's the title of it again um it is called uh the u.s needs de-radicalization for christian extremists and i encourage you to read the whole thing i've read the whole article and it is just nuts what do you think would happen if i publish something that says we need re-education camps for liberal media yeah, I know. <laughs> it's it's insane. I, I I'm it's just it's absolutely amazing here. It, you know, I, I've heard it's going to go as far. By the way, I just interviewed, and we're going to publish this tomorrow. Uh, I interviewed uh, an employee of the airlines, and after I had gotten about six emails about their training that's going on behind the scenes about what's coming, they're not making vaccines mandatory for airline personnel immediately. But if you fly to areas where they require it then you'll have to have it or you'll lose you know, so much of your work. But I'll give you a couple of examples how ridiculous this is getting. If you were a flight attendant, for example, and you're on a flight and you're eating in the galley after you've served everybody, you have to put a face mask on in between bites and between drinks. And that's actually in their policies. That's uh, something that they train people on by computer. And when they deplane now, there are going to be new procedures um, coming up. Um, here you're sitting 12 inches or less away from the person next to you, so no social distancing whatsoever. But yet when you deplane, it's one person at a time. Go to the overhead bin, get your stuff, maintain your six feet, the next person can go. After oh sitting next God, to someone for 10 to 12 real. inches, you know, for hours on a flight in recirculated air. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's crazy. crazy. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to a couple things here. First, again, I want to review that conference you can um, go to stevequail.com and there's a gen 6 ad in the right hand corner i've got one too on my website <clears throat> and um, you can click that on and register for the conference it's inexpensive and i think a lot of really notable people i'm proud to be a part of that i'm, I'm honored and humbled actually because of all the great people on there uh, but stevequail.com gen 6.com as well um, so and lisa is going to be a featured speaker um, at this conference, and uh, I always look forward to seeing all these great people. I get to interview these people. I'm thinking, wow, how lucky did I get? It's one of the cool things about this job. People like the late Jim Mars, who I just admired tremendously as a, just a regular citizen, no one in the media, 
And then I got to be really good friends with him, got to interview him all the time. It's like dream come true doing this work from that standpoint. The rest of it's kind of a nightmare. But anyway, Lisa, you've got a really strong media presence as well, too. Let's take a couple of minutes and let's talk about all the things that you're involved in because you do a lot. Yeah, the main thing I'm involved in now is RestrictedRepublic.com. People can go there, uh, check us out, and, and, and subscribe there if you want the inside information. Uh, because I, And I've also got the YouTube channel and LisaHaven.News, but unfortunately you're limited, what, you're limited to what you can and can't say on YouTube. It's just the truth and any and all social media platforms. So that's why I created RestrictedRepublic.com and, and just really direct people there because there you can share the real news, as you two have done. So. Yeah, that's true. I recently interviewed Doug Hagman, a man who's universally respected. And I asked him a question, two questions. I said, Doug, is America occupied? Have we been conquered and occupied? And his answer was affirmative. And then I said, Doug, is there anything we can do to get the country back? And he said, it's going to take a fight, a real fight. How would you answer those two questions? And you got you got about a minute to do it. I would say I would answer it the same way Doug Hagman did. We have we've already been taken over. Um, things are already happening in the U.S. They've already put a label on their enemies, and I think it will take something akin to a war to bring it back to where it's at, or you know, states seceding from the union. That would be that would be the other option there. Some That'll the bring on a war too. States. Just like 1861, uh, the prevailing powers that be are not going to allow separatism. They're not going to allow separate but equal, to coin an old phrase. But I think that that, that day is coming. I, I told Doug this. This is my response to him, and I get your quick reaction to it. I said, the military is too woke now. At one time I thought they'd stand up for us. Now I have my doubts. And I said, I think that what we're looking at with 400 million handguns in America that we're the world's next Viet Cong, and it's going to be a generational fight. Mm. Do you think that's possible? It's. Po I think anything's possible anymore after seeing what they did with COVID. <laughs> you know, and and the military. You're right. The military was our last line of defense. It was our holdout. They own the education system. They own the banking system. They own um, the executive office, the congressional offices, the mainstream media. They own it all. The only thing they didn't own was the military, and that's why. They're going after them hardcore right now, and, and they put the stand down on the military to quote-unquote weed out conservatives and Trump supporters, and that's exactly what they're doing. If you are a conservative, it's going to be hard. They're not going to want to join the military anymore. They're just not because they're kicking us off, and that terrifies me that we'll have a one political agenda military. It's already happening to some extent inside of DHS and, and the Border Patrol. I hear from these people. They tell me. DEA went through their purge about seven years ago, and they think they're going to go through it again. It's crazy. Well, Lisa, I'm, I'm really glad you're a participant in uh, Gen 6 Conference. Looking forward to the great work you do. And um, again, people, I encourage you to visit Lisa's sites every single day because every day she has something new and innovative. So, Lisa, thanks so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you on as our guest. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Dave. Take care. All right, you too.